Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world. Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this, what I consider to be a very, very important series, a very, very important message for the season and the times that we live in. You know, one of the scriptures that affected me so profoundly was taken from the book of Chronicles, whenever it was talking about the, the people around David, King David, that made his kingdom so powerful and so effective. And one of these groups was uh, was from was the tribe of Issachar, and it said that uh, the tribe of Issachar that there was a group advi- of advisors for David that they understood the times and they knew what action we should take. And so it's very very important that we understand the times that we are in, and the times that we are in are chaos. They are they are anarchy. Uh, and there is a worldwide movement right now to move us into uh, what modern day people call the new world order. As a matter of fact, I can remember when we invaded Iraq uh, in the first Iraqi war under President uh, George Bush Sr. And uh, I, I remember Brenda and I were talking, I said, Brenda, the, the, I said, I don't know where all this is going to lead, but I can tell you this, this is going to lead to the worst times probably that we've ever seen on planet Earth. Now, um, so I was watching the news broadcast, and so at some point in time, uh, President Bush came on to give a, a kind of an update to the nation, I guess. And I will never forget, a chill went through my spine when he said, this is the beginning of the New World Order. Now, you say, what's this got to do with the justice of God? Well, we're going to discover that, and we're going to discover why why a a twisting, a misunderstanding, a misapplication of God's justice, and how that plays the role in getting the world to where it is today, but also we're going to under, we're going to understand our role, what we can do about it, how we can slow down this rush to the destruction uh, of our nation. And no matter what nation you're in right now, I want you to know that you are you are facing uh, the same things that we're facing here in America. You're facing the same things that nations all over the world uh, are facing. But you know, you don't have to. This doesn't have to affect your theology on end time events and uh, uh, by the way if you will download my free book on the wisdom of God for a fair and just world you will discover that almost everything that we have been taught uh, about end time events has been somewhat twisted somewhat off somewhat uh, 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 unreconcilable with scriptures and so 
So here we are with this stage in time. We need to know what to do about it. We need to know what's going on. And, you know, I want to explain something to you because we're talking about justice, but we're having to overlap this with a lot of things about understanding what the Bible says about this point in time. You know, the Bible describes a great, uh, this harlot in the book of Revelation, Revelation 17 and 18, describes this harlot that is riding on or dominating the beast. And the beast uh, represents the Luciferian uh, kingdoms that will arise and that will really seek to destroy the world and seek to remove every aspect of the knowledge of God from planet Earth. So, so but the harlot is more related to what we will probably recognize first as the New World Order or the One World Order or basically to uh, elitism. Now, elitism is this, is this ideology where only the elite have the right to have the resources of planet Earth. Only the elite deserve to even be breathing the air that we are breathing. And this is what they say in their, in their meetings. This is what they say in their writings. And that the goal, see, the goal of the elite is to uh, uh, conquer and take control of all of the world's resources since they don't believe in eternity, since they don't believe uh, in uh, a hereafter, they don't believe there's any accountability to God, they believe that all that life is is what you can get in while you're here. And of course, this is why they're into, into uh, every re manner of research that you can imagine to create uh, uh, eternal life here on planet Earth. And, you know, as we know, we're hearing all kinds of things about, about uh, 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 cyber beings where, where uh, uh, humans uh, become like human 2.0 and we move past how God created us. What, what is all that about? I'll tell you what all that is about. All of that is about people who don't want to die, who either, either don't believe in a life after death or they know there is and they know that if they die, they're going to eventually become accountable to God. So this group of people seeks to control all the resources of the earth. And, you know, it is hard to believe that people can be this wicked. And I know most people listen to a message like this, and he's like, well, man, this is just fear-mongering. Well, uh, you know what? You, you probably need to open your eyes. You probably need to stop listening to your major uh, media sources for news to find out what's going on in the world. And you better start looking around because I got news for you. Uh, the world is moving at a, at a threatening pace toward this new world order or the one world government, whatever you would want to call it, or uh, uh, the, the elitist, the reign of the elitist. Now, the, uh, the great harlot that is controlling the beast and the beast, again, represents the Luciferian rise of uh, a group of nations that will seek to destroy Jews and Christians and seek to actually seek to destroy the earth. They're not trying to convert the earth. They're not trying to get people of the earth to believe what they believe. They're trying to destroy the earth to, uh, so that they can usher in the return of the God that they believe in. And this is happening. This is happening all over the world. This is no. This is no great mystery. And um, so, but what's interesting 
is in Revelation 17 and 18, the great harlot actually is destroyed and, 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 and collapses. Because when the great harlot, and when the great harlot collapses, all of the mourning, all of the crying, all of, all of the sorrow is, about, is based on the economy. And so you start realizing the, the one world order is, is a, basically an elitist group of people who are seeking to manipulate the economy so that they take control of all of the resources, which will require an eradication of the uh, middle class. So there will only be the, the uber wealthy elitist and then there will be the poor over whom they will have absolute and complete control. And... But the result of this happening, the result of this of this destruction of the uh, of the economic system, get, makes it possible that now the Antichrist armies are willing to come together and and willing to launch into their worldwide effort to to uh, kill everyone that believes. Uh, uh, and the God of the Bible, which is Christians and Jews. Now, so this cannot happen unless people are seduced, unless people are, unless people buy into uh, the lies, the exaggeration of what's happening. And that's why back a couple of months ago, we talked about the signs of the times. And actually last month, we kind of touch back on some of this and and Jesus talked about a time called the beginning of sorrows that would lead into this big transition in planet earth well <clears throat> that beginning of sorrows uh, like I say it, it describes a time where just like a woman being in, uh, being in labor pain she's giving birth to something else and so jesus says the key element of that time is going to be deception the key tool is deception and as i've mentioned to you several times the uh, the apostle paul talked about in uh, uh in the book of second corinthians how uh that we know what satan's strategies are well that word strategies is an interesting word uh, but really, strategies may not be the best uh, translation or interpretation of that word. Uh, but it seems like the better translation interpretation would relate to perception. So the greatest tool that the enemy has is a twisting of perception, and that is done by deceit. Now, keep in mind, I am not talking about the devil running around and whispering in people's ears and, 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 and some of this kind of stuff that we have been taught and that kind of spiritual warfare that the real truth is, uh, you know, people have never really benefited from very much. But I am talking about wicked people on planet Earth who choose to believe anything that opposes the knowledge of God, anything that opposes the righteousness of God, anything that opposes the justice of God. And the reason they oppose all of that is because the wicked want a world without God. The wicked want a world where they define good and evil. The wicked want a world where they define what is moral and what is ethical. And this is what happens in the beginning of sorrows is that something uh, uh, there's a travail there are birth pangs that are going to bring in the birth 
uh, of something totally different uh, that has never really existed before. And what that birth is going to be is going to be the open eradication of all Christians and all Jews. In other words, every person that believes on the God of the Bible, believes the truth of God's word, will be forced to convert, they will be forced to uh, submit, or they will be assassinated or protected by God. Walking, you know, learn how to walk in God, learn how to be an overcomer. Now, but, but the problem is, you know, we did not get here overnight. We got here through about 1800 years of religion. We got here through a change of perception about, about uh, uh, who God is. We got here through a change of perception about what Jesus accomplished. And again, this is, this is not just, this is not the devil just running around and whispering in people's ear and people being where they are or not demon possessed has nothing to do with it. This is about the fact that all the way back to the Garden of Eden, uh, there have been only two sources of information, only two uh, sources of truth, if you will, and one is uh, the Word of God, and the other is the Word of people with their own opinions, their own ideas that are separate from God. And remember, in the Garden of Eden, you know, I, I say this a lot, I repeat this a lot, and I repeat it because people are, are kind of slow to get it. Not they're not slow to get it because they're slow or ignorant. They're slow to get it because they all they keep hearing other things, and so I just have to keep repeating this over and over and over and over again. You know, the Garden of Eden, the the original sin uh, wasn't just the act of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The true sin in the garden that took place was. Uh, to, to be seduced, uh, Adam and Eve, their perception of God was altered. And it was altered because they had a conversation with this serpent. And this serpent, uh, this serpent didn't just come out and attack God. This serpent didn't come out and accuse God per se. Uh, but this serpent implied certain things about God. And so uh, the serpent implied that uh, the day that they ate of this uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they would become like God. Well, immediately that brings up the question in inside, well, I thought I was like God. God said that I was created in his likeness and image. Now, I'll I tell you what, I won't be able to get into this series. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about this pretty soon. And I've talked about this in the past. If you do not believe the truth about who God is, and if you do not realize and believe the truth that you were created in his likeness and image, then you know you, you, you may be saved, you may be on your way to heaven, but I got news for you. You will be virtually powerless or, or whatever authority and power uh, that you have will be very limited, it'll be very sporadic, it'll be on and off, and you'll never know why it works sometimes and why it doesn't work sometimes. So the, first, so the first two things that are implied in that statement is you are not like God, and God doesn't really want you to be like him, which means really another thing is implied, which means God is not trustworthy. 
And then there is another thing that says you could, there's another implication that you could have a better life than God is offering you because the moment you eat of this, you're going to choose good and evil for yourself. You're not going to have God over here telling you what good and evil is. You're not going to have God making all the decisions for you. I mean, you got a brain, use it, and you decide what good and evil is. Now, when you think about the words good and evil, you know, you kind of get into this thing of saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, uh, a good just means, uh, just means, okay, it's something that would be enjoyable, desirable, and pleasant. Well, well, that is true. But in the Hebrew, anytime you see the word good used anywhere in the Hebrew Bible, it is implying that the reason it is desirable, the reason it is pleasant, the reason it is enjoyable is because it is in harmony with God. Uh, you know, when the Bible says that God, you know, God said, let there be light, and he said, okay, it, it was good. In other words, the reason it was good is because what he believed and what he what he believed in his heart and what he spoke um, came to pass and was in harmony with his intentions for man, his intentions for planet Earth, and so. There are a lot of things that look good. You know, the Bible talks about how that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Well, that way, that path is a path that when you first start walking that path, it doesn't look too bad. It really doesn't look like it's going to bring about pain and destruction. But the problem is that path is not in harmony with with the path that God is walking. It, it slowly moves you away from harmony with God, and suddenly you're out here in a wilderness place, and your life is falling apart, and you don't understand. You think God has abandoned you. You think God's not being faithful to his word when in fact uh, you chose what would be good for your life you left God out because you believe that by leaving God out you could get the life that you want you believe that by leaving God out that you could find what is good now and so so when things are in harmony with God basically that is uh, that, that's the one of the base, most basic concepts of righteousness. You know, religion has made righteousness something, you know, they've made it more like about self-righteousness, about judging other people, about being critical of other people, and all those kinds of things. But the truth is, you know, the word, one of the simplest concepts of the word righteous is as it should be. So if I, if, if I am created in the likeness and the image of God. How should my life be? What should it look like? Well, my life should be in harmony with God. My, my life should be a kind of a reflection of God's character and nature working in me, and I'm manifesting his character and nature here on earth. And so that's what good is. Good is something desirable, it's pleasant, it, you know, it, it tends toward life, but all of that only happens because it is in harmony with God. In other words, because it is righteous. But the word evil, and you know, usually when we think about evil, we just think about the most extreme concept of evil, something being wicked and bad and sinful. But really, it, 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 it these words are continuums. You know, the concept of evil just starts first and foremost with something being out of harmony with God. And, and, and because it's out of harmony with God, there can't be peace. So what will there be? There will be chaos. And, and so just like righteousness is a continuum, uh, evil is a continuum. And so we choose good and evil for ourselves, but the problem is... Uh, 
And when we choose that which is out of harmony with God's word, without, that is out of harmony or out of harmony with God's ways, then the problem is it always ends in chaos. It always ends in death and destruction. And that's what it means in the book of Proverbs. There's a way that seems right, but the end of that way is death. And so, and death, by the way, the, the ultimate concept of death is not just physical death. It is, it is separation from God. It is alienation from God. Now, nothing outside of you can separate you from God. Your failures can't even separate you from God. The only thing that can separate you from God is your choices. You can choose to walk a path God's not walking, and on some level that creates this distance between you and God. But you can also choose not to have God in your life. Now, what is coming on planet Earth and what's happening today is all of this trouble, all of this chaos, all of these things that are going on in planet Earth, and, and ultimately it will become so difficult, so hard, so much persecution, so much torment, that people will finally, after 1,600 years, actually after almost, almost 6,000 years, but, but uh, after... 1618 years of corruption by religion, false science, and, and all of these other sources will eventually turn away from God and they will turn to whatever is being offered to them uh, to help to save their life and whatever. And basically, it's going to be an abandonment of God. The Bible refers to this as, uh, as the great falling away. Now, you, you say, now, you said, we're talking about the justice of God. What has this got to do with the justice of God? Well, one of the greatest uh, sources of conflict and torment and, and rioting and chaos that's going on in all the world is people claiming that they are not experiencing justice. Now, i got news for you. There's very few things that will incite people to riots, incite people to violence, incite people to uh, uh, anarchy. There are very few things that will do that like the feeling that you are not experiencing justice, like the feeling that you are being treated unfairly. Now, I want you to understand that we got to this place. We got to this place where the whole world, everybody is a victim. Everybody feels like they're being treated unfairly. And so everybody's angry and everybody's trying to find somebody to blame that on. And we got here because we departed from God's justice. Now, religion made us believe that God's justice was harsh that God's justice was cruel. Religion made us believe that the primary goal in God's justice was, uh, was punishment. I got news for you, there is nothing further, any further from the truth than to believe that God's justice is really about punishment. God's justice is never about punishment. You know, when, when all the references that, that are, are made toward God or where God is really describing himself uh, it's amazing how many times he makes a reference to his intention for justice. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it is God's intention. It is God's desire that that justice fill the entire earth. You know, Deuteronomy 32, 3 says, I proclaim the name of the Lord. I ascribe greatness to God for he is the rock and his work is perfect. 
all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Well, you know, if this scripture is true, and it is, then, you know, God is our rock. And, you know, a rock represents a place of refuge. A rock represents some place that you, that you can always go and find safety. And so it says that God is our rock and that all of his work is perfect. Now, if all of God's work is perfect, and, you know, remember this program, you know, this cyber church ministry speaks mainly to Christians. So I know that I am speaking to believers and I am going to challenge you and I'm going to give you the tools and the resources that you need to hit the brakes on our country and our world being destroyed and and really knowing the truth that can that can at least postpone this. You know, I don't want this in my lifetime. I don't want this in my kids' lifetime. I don't want this in my grandkids' lifetime. And if I, as a believer, do not stand up, if I do not take action, then the real truth is that I am really uh, complicit in my children and my grandchildren coming into the worst time in the history of all of the world. So as believers, we have been seduced by our religion to think that God is brutal, that God is harsh, you know, that God's ways are old-fashioned, they don't fit in today. And so we are looking outside of God's Word for uh, to find the information that we need and the resources that we need to bring peace to our world. Well, my question is this. As, as a believer... Uh, if, if the Bible says that all of God's works are perfect, why would you look anywhere else for any solutions uh, that, that we're facing today? Why would we look for social justice outside of God's work? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because we don't believe that God is just. We don't believe that God is fair. We don't believe that God is merciful. We have these mean hard religious concepts of God that are totally, totally, totally unscriptural. But it says that all of God's work is perfect, but this is so important for the day that we live in. All his ways are justice. In other words, everything about God's word will always bring us to justice. You know, stop and think about it. Man, I've said this so many times, you're probably sick of hearing it. But every commandment that was given, and all, all the commandments started with the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments, uh, eight out of the Ten Commandments, uh, were about how we should treat one another. Not anything religious, but how we should treat one another. Well, why? Because God is a God of love, and God intends, and has always intended, that the commandments be used to govern and bring about a definition of what love looks like. And love is when you express value for people, when you treat people as if they're valuable, as if they're precious, when you hold people in high regard simply because they are created uh, uh, by God and created in the likeness and the image of God. And so those Ten Commandments, as you know, whenever Israel came into, uh, into their Canaan, their promised land, those Ten Commandments were expanded into 613 commandments. 
And so if, if 80% of those 613 commandments, that'll be, I think, somewhere around 490 commandments, were all about how to treat each other. In other words, this is going to be our social justice system. This is going to be our standard of how to treat people. And this is going to reflect the character and the nature of God. But see, because we took the commandments, we twisted them up, we made them, made them legalistic, ritualistic, negative, uh, you know, we, we turned them into something that God never meant for them to be, and God even warned us not to make them legalistic, not to make them religious, but that love was the motivating factor in this. So the problem is, we don't trust the character of God. So if you don't trust the character of God, if your perception of God has been altered, then your perception of the commandments has been altered. Therefore, your perception of justice has been altered. And so you will never reach to the word of God and say, okay, what's fair? Or what is just based on the word of God? And how should I handle it? in a case where, where there is injustice. In other words, where people are not treated as God's word would have them treat. So all this month, we're going to be looking at this, and I'm going to be sharing some things with you. It's going to be powerful, going to be challenging, but I'm going to tell you, we have a solution to the truth. So be sure to download my free book, and be sure and check out the series, The Justice of God. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.